Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, ambassador of 805 Connect, and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University's School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and continued encouragement. Thanks to our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio, and to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Mark. I think we're getting the hang of it. Well, we're, what, 64 shows in? 64 shows in. We'll get it right. Sooner or later. (laughs) I'd love you to meet Jordan Ben-Shia. Jordan, meet Patrick. Hi, Patrick. Jordan, uh, if you're a podcast listener, uh, you'll notice that the last name is similar to uh, other guests that we had. I should make them go look up the episode, but I'll tell them it was Noah, who was a good friend of the show, a good 30-year friend of mine. And you came on our radar in 2010 when we had your dad on for the first TEDx American Riviera. Mm-hmm. Right, and you right. helped us. And it was, uh, we were talking about imagination. Imagine. Right. Imagine right. if, imagine when, imagine what, imagine that. And your dad couldn't be at the show. So we recorded. Right. He was in Paris. Yes. <laughs> so we recorded these two minute interstitials where he riffed on. Imagine if, and then he just went. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think, I, I don't know if he writes anything ahead of time, but he just riffs. So, um, so you're imbued with that DNA. <laughs> and, uh, um, I think that's it, yet to be determined, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, your, you, your professional, your profession, your your uh, education is around marketing and communications. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if someone, your site is Skyview Projects, but if right. someone goes there. Um, as I did recently do, doing my research, mm-hmm. I really, because I look at a lot of web, we all look at a lot of websites. Yeah. I love the blue sky and I love the, just a little bit of text. <laughs> like you totally understand the person who's coming to work with you has got ADD. And, <laughs> oh, oh, so I'm not wrong. <laughs> well, it's funny because my brother says I have ADD sometimes. So, well, a lot of tracks going on in my mind at once. As a woman, we know that you're able to do that. We're not. Uh, so, and I, well, that's a given. So, people on the show know that. You, you say, I believe your story is your strength. Here's my story. We mm-hmm. talk about story a lot on the show, and we've come at that from a lot of different points of view. What's your point of view on story? Uh, the reason that I start my website that way is because I really I believe in uh, starting with your why and why you do things. And I um, I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek. Of course. And as soon as you said that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Yep. And uh, I believe that when you go there, it's the reason I say I believe your story is your strength is because that's true. I believe that everybody's story is their strength. It is their unique differentiator. And it's the way that no one else has my story, no one else has your story, no one else has Patrick's story. And each of our stories make us who we are. And whether we are a, whether it's a company that has a product and that company's story or um, my personal story or another person's personal story, it all um, comes together into how you interact on a daily basis with your, on your personal life and your professional life. And I, I see that it really seeps through everything. And if you don't start by being really clear on what your story is, then everything else that you do past that point 
doesn't have a clear de definition, doesn't have a clear path. And I think it can be really easily um, pinpointed back to the fact that you really need that clear story. Hmm. And that, that crucial point, because if you have a clear story, you go in, we, I, we believe why for this purpose. I mean, Apple is the perfect example of that. You know, across the board, they are very clear on thinking different and everything that they do is succinct with that message and their high level of design. And, you know, they also happen to make really good computers. <laughs> right. But that's not where they start. And, and, and their story is what really drives pretty much everything that they do. And I think that it's a crucial thing that a lot of people really bypass. And it's it's a step that for a lot of people can be really challenging. And when I work with my clients, it's usually a step that they go in saying, oh, what's my why? And they're like, oh, well, it's this. And it usually is their what, but it's usually not their why. <laughs> and they usually tell you what they do. They're like, oh, this is this is my why. I'm like, that's what you do. It's not why you do it. <laughs> and, and the what is just, you know, oh, I sell advertising or I make websites or I... You know, build cars. They have leather in them. Are they often confused that the why is to is the incentive of making money? Well, and that's not really. That's a you know, Simon right. Cynic will tell you that's a that's a, that's revenue. That's a right. bottom line. That's a result. Right. It's not it's not a, a why for what they're doing. What they're doing, you know. And, and I usually that's for, usually the first thing I say to them. I said, and money's not your why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we usually start <laughs> just there. Don't go there. Just don't just go to there. Clear. Let's just pass that yeah. and let's just talk about their story. And so you know, a lot of people will come in and they'll be like, okay, well, let's get you on social media. Let's get you a website. Let's get you on SEO. And I come in and I say, let's sit down and, and let's have a conversation about your story. How did you get here? Why are you here? What gets you up in the morning? Why are you doing what you're doing? What do you love about it? How would that affect being on social media? Like, why wouldn't that still send them right to social media? Well, it could, but I think that a lot of people are really social media happy. So they're just so willing to just jump on all the different platforms. And I strongly believe you should get your usernames on all the platforms, but I don't believe that you should be on all the platforms. Hmm. I think you should be where your audience is. And for some people, that might just be Pinterest. For some people, that might just be Instagram. For some people, it's very possible that none of their audience is on any social media. There are those people that exist. <laughs> so why do you do what you do? I do what I do because I really love stories. I love strategy. It's how my brain works. I'm consistently thinking and connecting things and uh, seeing how things are connected and how, and, and I'm fascinated by people's stories. And I love, love getting behind a really good brand, a really good story and championing people and brands and companies that are making some sort of positive difference. Is that you get behind them because their story was really clear and you get it, and is that attracted you, or is it put your biz dev hat on for a mm -hmm, second? Mm -hmm. It's like I know there's a good story there. I could help them figure it out. It's both, I would say. I think that if, but the client has to be willing to do that. You know, they have to be willing to put in the time and to and to really look at that approach because a lot of people are really, you know, like I had a client call me and they were in this investment company and they're like, oh. We have 30,000 likes on our Facebook, and we told, you know, to get more investments and to get more VC funding, we need to get that up to 100,000 on each of our 10 pages. Mm. And you look at their Facebook page, and there's no engagement, and there's no conversations, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we just need to get those up there. I'm like, did you purchase all these likes? Mm. <laughs> oh. Right? And that, yeah, pretty much yes, yes was the answer. Yes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and they wanted me to just continue that that path and I said you know this you're just not a right you're not the right fit for me because I'm looking for businesses or organizations that are somehow making a better difference in the world and here you are trying to pull the wool over your VC's mm. eyes and that's not 
because you know, they're this, equating that with success. Exactly. Right. And and but I said I said to them, you know, at some point your investors will probably look at your Facebook page and see that nobody's commenting and that you yeah. have no engagement yeah. ratios and so. But yeah. No, they won't because because they're just <laughs> like us and they don't look at things like that, right? <laughs> they should if they're yeah. investing money. Yeah. So you so you believe everyone has a, a unique story. Well, so they do, right? My, I mean, everyone's yeah, story is unique, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, whether they're aware of it or they can articulate it, Correct. that's completely different. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll i make a connection here. Sure. I'm a Tedster, mm-hmm. and so I am I believe everyone has an idea worth spreading, mm-hmm. which right. is the same, same concept, thing, sort of. right? Yeah. Which is, so I have this, this story mm-hmm. that got me here, and then there's an idea embedded within that mm-hmm. story, and I want to help people figure out let's get that story out to the world so you can make a difference right Right. so you can you know one person one story make can make a huge absolutely different absolutely do you have a are your ears so tuned to storytelling that you're kind of listening you're trying to find that story as soon as a prospect starts talking to you uh you know i think i Probably yes. Uh, I I notice that I really think about it a lot when I'm watching movies. Just the typical Joseph Campbell hero story. And and whenever I'm watching a movie, I'm just waiting for the false death. And then and it's kind of (laughs) it kind of of ruins movies for me because consistently, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, false death. Oh yeah. Well, how much more? You know, thirty minutes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, this is just a false death. We're good. You know, not not fun to watch movies with you. Well, I say nothing. I'm quiet. But in my inside, my mind's. You know. For me, it's with computer animation. There you go. Oh, right. you point out, oh, well, what they're using there. Yeah. No, I, I learned how to turn that off very early on because I love a great story. Mm-hmm. But um, The my, suspension of disbelief. Exactly. And and right. I'm going to give them that. It's like mm-hmm. I'm going to give you that. And I don't want – I want to enjoy it for this minute. But as right. we're analyzing, so, okay, when's the dragon going to show up? Mm-hmm. When are they going <laughs> right, to come right. back? And who's the dragon? Well, and like, it's good if you can't tell when that's about to happen. They've done a great job, right? Yeah. So when I'm watching a movie, and like The Revenant, I recently saw. I mean – Right. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And there's so many. I mean, there's so many false deaths in that thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and but there, and I didn't find myself thinking like, oh well, this is a false death, right? I just found myself like, oh, this is such a good story. I'm completely in there, and I'm not thinking about. So we've talked about this before, but l- let's use this opportunity sure. for the listener who's not aware of what their hero's journey is. Oh yeah. What is that? I'm not going to say that I'm a Joseph Campbell expert by any stretch, but it's just, um, in general, the call to do something great in your life and whether you answer it or not. And you could, it could That's be the prophet. That's about as succinct as I've heard. That's very, I was going <laughs> to, the only, the only thing I remember hearing, I think we had another guest who mentioned this is, is you have to initially reject the call. That the, the, the hero has to say, no, 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 not right, right, me. Right. No, no, not yeah. me. I'm yeah. not interested in right. that. And then they rise to it after the fact. And that's that's kind of the very first false step. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, I'm not the hero. Right. You want somebody else. Right. Where they're considering it. And is it, do I really have it in me to make it happen? You, you'll yeah. you'll read this in, in, in uh, brief write-ups. Um, uh, a retired bank robber. One last job. You know, like, like, they were looking for one last job before they got out, or they were, you know, they yes. were pulled back in one last time. Right. You know, that's where most movies pick up. One last time, they right. had one last thing to do before they could retire as a hero. George Lucas was a student of Joseph Campbell's, mm, okay, and so they, they epitomize the Star Wars saga. Epitomizes right. the hero's right. journey, and just uh, at the end of 2015, Spotify 
posted the entire Joseph Campbell catalog, hmm. all of his lectures, wow. hundreds of hours on of Spotify. His, yeah, on Spotify. That's a, I'm wow. stunned. It's it's um, I'm a geek on this stuff, so I <laughs> no, I, Star Wars is my. I mean, that's that's like one of my top three movies. Right. Huh. So yeah. listening to Campbell though talk about this, mm-hmm. and it actually affected. Um, the podcast and how I'm how I'm right, thinking about because I want to know what your story is and right. now I'm going to go right to who's your dragon? <laughs> no, seriously, like, who's who? In in when you're mm-hmm. working with people and helping them articulate the story, mm-hmm. the dragon. If there's no drama, there's no mm-hmm. story. It's mm-hmm. not interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. interested. Even if it's a nonprofit, mm-hmm. I like. So how do you help people figure out who the dragon is? So I sort of, you call it dragon, I sort of call it something tangible. What does um, that mean? Meaning yeah. something that they can hold and feel and, and experience, whether it's something emotional. You, you need to get some sort of emotional pull from them usually. Okay. And people buy, people usually buy for emotional purposes. Okay. And you need to get some sort of an emotional pull. So whatever, whatever it is that you might be doing, it's you need to pull on that. And that's really where the why comes in. And that's why, one of the reasons that the why is so crucial is, First of all, if you are able to identify and pinpoint your story and say it in a succinct, clear way, usually there's going to be people out there that will relate to you. And the people that then relate to you, if you are selling something or sharing something, whether it's a nonprofit or a specific product, then that product's going to appeal to people that appeal to your story and that have some sort of emotional connection to your story. And that's why it's so crucial that you really focus on that story. And it's also really crucial that you focus on that because you need it needs to be what everybody lives and breathes from the top leadership levels all the way down through the company or the organization or nonprofit. And if it's not internal, there's no way it's going to happen externally. So it's sort of finding that tangible thing, something something that people can really hang on to, emotional or tangible or dragon in your case, and and and, and pinpoint what that is and, and see how that relates to the story. So you're creating this very succinct path that people are able to follow. Our brains like patterns, right? So... We love patterns. We love patterns. Right. And if we, we lo- don't see the we're pattern. We're really good at it. We're really good at that. And if we don't see patterns, we start to make things up. Right. And that's dangerous. And you don't want people making things up about your brand so or your organization. You, so you're a story coach? <laughs> I've never heard that phrase. But I sure, we could say that. Right. I, I, th- so I mean, I'm, I'm more, um, yeah, I, I'm here to help people identify their story, and then strategically think about what's the best way to share that story, and then what are the best platforms for you to do that. How, okay, so how is story, because story is, is, it just keeps coming Mm -hmm, up and mm -hmm. up and up in so many conversations in the Mm -hmm. last year. um, Plato said the storytellers will rule the world. Mm -hmm. And... uh, as business people, or as, mm-hmm. as or uh, people who lead organizations, I was as leaders. Mm-hmm. I was not a business people. As leaders, mm-hmm. we do this thing. We do a mission statement, and we do vision, and mm-hmm. we we pay consultants to come in and lead us through a visioning workshop, and we mm-hmm. do all of that mm-hmm. stuff, and we wordsmith the heck out of one of this long run on sentence mm-hmm. that satisfies everybody. Mm-hmm. I think that that's. In the light of what I know about story, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be doing mission and vision. You should be spending the same amount of energy on getting your story right. Is that fair to say? Well, I would say that, I would say that you could take mission and vision, but sort of uh, sculpt it and cultivate it a little bit in as much as 
I think that a lot of times when you look at that mission and vision, it's a what, it's not a why. So the why uh, comes a lot out of the story. Uh, and I think that what's also crucial is your why and then your core values. And the reason I'm saying that is because those core values really create a sort of checks and balances for you. Whenever you're looking at what you're going to do from a strategic perspective, who right. you're going to hire, what kind of right. product you're going to release, what, if you're a nonprofit, what you're supporting, all of you need something that you can come back to on a regular basis and say, is this us? Because it's really easy to get off point and to sort of veer as your business is growing, your organization right. is growing. And if you've got that why, and if you've got your core values, or one of my client calls them their 10 commandments, mm. <laughs> if you right. have those, then it's, it's, it makes it so much easier for whoever is in leadership, whoever is part of the team to look at those and say, these are our core values. And they may shift over time, that's okay. You know, everything's a work in progress. Um, but you want something that you can really look at as a checks and balances that you are able to put everything against because there's always going to be things in business that come up and you're just not quite sure if it's the right fit and it might be a shiny object but does it really fit with your core values and those checks and balances so I think the mission and, vi and vision sort of has a place but I sort of look at it more as a why and core values hmm. we called uh, at Wavefront we called the core values observable behaviors Sure. Because they didn't like <laughs> the idea of core, like uh -huh. core, core values are so important. When, right. when we worked with Ted 13 years ago, he said you could have experience in common and skills in common and mm -hmm. what you're looking for in common. But if you didn't share core values, you would not have a long, and no right. longevity in the relationship. And, and this is true for us as people as well, right? We should no, all exactly. have our why and our core values as to our checks and balances and our personal boundaries and our personal relationships as well as professional. So that story, do you help? I'm going to go back to sure. your coach, but you're a coaxer. You coax, <laughs> you coax I really, it out. I really, I, I really come to pretty much everything from a strategic perspective. And it can be exhausting for those around me, I've been told. But <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's really, you know, helping them define their story. And it really comes, just keeps coming back to their why. And we tend to brainstorm looking at different words that come out when they think about their why and brainstorming different words on that and coming up with sentences and reworking them, to your point, wordsmithing them, you know, over and over again. <laughs> so have you ever tried this where you, um, you have them – we did this at a workshop recently mm -hmm. where – you come, what's your story? Mm -hmm. And you have four minutes to tell your partner what your story is. Right. Okay, that's very fast pitch esque. Right. Yeah. But then we do it in now you pick a new partner and you uh -huh. do it in two minutes. Right. And then you get up in front of everybody and you have one minute. Mm -hmm. And we added something to that, Patrick, last time, which was. I was trying to think what my one word would be. <laughs> well, that's your hashtag. Okay. Oh, ha oh, hashtag. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. So, but uh, he he was a, a performance specialist mm -hmm. uh, doing improv and how do you engage yeah. the audience. But he was, had each person get up and do their one minute story with no words. Oh. Like they talk it, don't say it. But let's see where the emotion is right. around that story. I like that. Mm -hmm. And I think and and I think that's good for any kind of organization, mm -hmm. right? To be able to do that. So then once you've settled on that, now you've got a this is the wrong word, but you'll understand. <laughs> Institutionalize it. You need to implement. Uh, implement. Sort of, yeah. Okay, implement. That's a better implement. word. Thank you. <laughs> you have to print it. Much on the, better word. You have to bake it into the DNA. Well, I was thinking like tattoos. Tattoos. Uh, sure. sure. <laughs> It's a little permanent. Uh, as long but, as it's going to be polstering, we could do. We could get well, you tattooed with polstering. There you go. So, ha, ha, 
how do you find that? Because that's an interesting one because it's such a core foundational thing. How do you implement it? I think the key to implementing a why and story and core values is really consistency. And I'm saying that because it goes back to how our brains innately want to make up patterns. And if you don't have consistency across your nonprofit or for-profit and across your brand identity and your messaging, then people start to, they might not realize what it is they're seeing. They just think that something's different. And then they start thinking, right, they start thinking something's different. Like if you started seeing Coca-Cola and it was green, you'd think to yourself, wait, wait, that's not right. They did And then you'd be like, wait a second, wait, it's green. Something's not right. And then then the person's just sitting there focused on the fact that something's not right and your message is completely gone. Yeah. And, And so it's so crucial to have that consistency. So it's really about taking that story and that why and then implementing it and repurposing it for the different platforms. So like for Twitter, it's probably, well, it used to be 120. Now you can do the whole full 140 characters, right? And right. Or, so depending on the platform or depending on your audience, cultivating it for that specific audience, but making sure that you still have those consistencies throughout. So there's no question as to where this is coming from or what brand it is. And, and, and it has to consistently be put in all the different you know, online, offline, letterhead to, you know, when somebody's talking to when the CEO or when the executive director is talking to somebody, or if you're, somebody has, gives a donation and there's a thank you letter, there still has to be that consistency, that consistent language and sort of. But you're not changing. You're just, um, you're just revealing to them what they already, right? Right. You're not giving them something that's not already there. Yeah, be like this. Exactly. No, it's just, it's, it's more, this is, this is your story and this is just, it's more living yeah. their truth to it. Focus on the fact that you're a third generation you right. know, entrepreneur. Absolutely. Focus on the well, fact. Just focus on it. Yeah. I mean, you're wearing right. a Make, yeah. Smith sh- Make Smith shirt. Right. It's a fantastic example. Steven's done a great job with his business, and he has so many roots here in Santa Barbara, and that's seriously impressive. Lean on them. Absolutely. Right. And I think he does a great job with that. He does it very well. In an organization, there's the, the larger organizations have something called a style guide. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. right. Yep. Um, I, I've been the recipient of these mm-hmm. many times where you get 147 pages <laughs> right. from Intel. Right. This is this is what you do. This is what you mm-hmm. don't do. Spacing. These are the colors. <laughs> all, <Right>. all <laughs> of that yep. stuff. And there's the style police, yep. you know, the check on that. Is it is there now with so many uh, uh, ways to express a brand mm-hmm. across just say social uh, is there now an equivalent of the style guide as it relates to tone of voice? I, well, I think the style guide is still extremely important, and I, I, I don't. I think that that ha- that's a living, breathing thing that needs to stay a hundred percent. And and yes, I think that one of the things about your brand is when you're identifying your story or pulling out your story or making your story clear, you definitely want to find your voice, and that voice. You, you want to keep that sort of consistent messaging. So for one of my clients recently, we were working on a style guide, and that's something that we are working on. You want this type of messaging. You always want to start with a positive, or um, you know, you don't want to start with negatives, and different types of styles and voice and examples. And that's what's really tricky is people... It is really tricky, It's really isn't tricky, it? tricky, and people from a social media perspective, I think that, you know... Social media is about relationships, and those take time to build. Yep. And listening is extremely important, and also is the way that you talk and interact with these people that you have relationships with. And so it can get tricky if you just shove an intern on there, and they don't have your voice, or right. if you put someone else that's out house out of house, and they don't have your voice. Or it's really important that you're cultivating a voice because 
that's how people know you as well. Just just as just as important as your story because it's how you're talking to your friends and to your audience. Now you're cultivating them consistently. So I think that yes, absolutely, you could do a quote unquote style guide of your voice and give different examples as to right. what types of things you would right. say on Twitter or Facebook, depending on which platform you're on. Or and just I would say just as people do for CEOs or executive directors that are going out there to give talks. It's the same sort of, you know, just as people do for our speechwriters do for presidents and politicians. It's always about having that sort of clean, consistent um, messaging and a voice that's really theirs. I mean, if if Barack Obama came out and didn't sound at all like Barack Obama and started sounding like George Bush, we'd be a little confused. <laughs> right. And, and we know that his speeches are written by other people, right. but they feel like they're coming from him. Exactly. Right. They're all very clear on his voice. So I would say that that's sort of an example of a style guide for voice. I'm involved in an interesting project now where we're trying to understand what the tone of voice mm -hmm. for the project is, mm -hmm. because the project will need to communicate to people. Mm -hmm. That's unique in and of itself right and so we went back to persona mm -hmm. and we said we need to create a persona mm -hmm. for the project when we do you help people figure out you personas? need your purple cow yes exactly <laughs> ronald mcdonald okay so we also uh listener we just had a very deep pull to seth godin <laughs> go look it up purple cow so t talk to us about persona and, and, that, and understanding your audience and all of that. I think, it, back to sort of social media for a moment because I think it relates here. The most important thing with social media is that you start by listening. And the crucial part about that is that you can really listen to your audience. See what they're, you know, hear what they're, look at what they're saying, what they're writing, how they're responding to things. And the same thing is true with you know any sort of audience and the great one of the great things about social media is it's sort of like a free focus group right you know you to get you used, to, you used to have to get people in these rooms and pay them a with lot of money and feed them bad muffins and sandwiches yes. right and and sugary drinks and then you'd ask them questions and you'd be behind a mirror right a one-way mirror um but it, nowadays it's you've got social media where you are able to really pull people and listen mostly without them even knowing. Right. Right. <laughs> and you can go to blogs and you can see how they're commenting. And so I would really encourage people to, or what I do with people is think about who is your customer? Who are we selling this to? Because it's not you, we're not selling it to you. Or who are we and trying to get engaged? how specific do you recommend they get in understanding who the customer is? You know, uh, I would say that it completely depends on how specific your product is. And I think mm -hmm. that if you are willing to be, um, for instance, my brother wrote a book called Jailhouse Strong. And it's about um, working out and he has a very specific audience. And they have, a they have one person that they utilize as their very specific customer. And when they're thinking about things, they're like, would this person do that? Yes or so no? So that's, that's where I was going. And that's sort of the purple cow, right? I mean, right. I would think very specifically. I think the more specific you can get, then you're always going to find a, a group of people that are really in there. And and they've done very well from that. And it's, you know, he's it's work, working very well for them. And I think it works very well for a lot of people, right? I, I found that exercise to be, it's like the first checkbox mm -hmm. in you want to start a business. Right, right. right? It's like, well, who's, your who, who's your audience? And you yeah. go, oh, they're blah, blah, blah. No, right. no, no. Who's your What's audience? her name? Right. What's what her name? She what does she wear? Look what like? does she shop? What mm -hmm. does she listen? I don't know. Does she know. have kids? Is she married? Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, it's just as crucial as your, as your story. 
And it's really when it comes out of your story, I think it's like after your story and your core values, it's who's your audience. That is, I think it's a huge <laughs> gap yeah. in what is possibly taught. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not. I don't want to, you know, do that. But mm-hmm. you go to these startup weekends and you do you do these kinds of things there. It's kind of all about the tech. Oh, we're going to do this thing. But it's like, who is the audience? Right. Like, who's going to drive the car? Mm-hmm. At Wavefront, uh, we worked with General Motors. Mm-hmm. And we helped them completely right. reinvent how they designed cars. Mm-hmm. And I got to go there a few times into the, I got, you know, badged in through the clearance to right. get into this huge warehouse and they're just for one car, mm-hmm. and you walk the first 20 yards mm-hmm. of walking in, you're walking into the world of this person who's gonna drive the car. Right. There's music, mm. there's color, right, the right. furniture, pictures yeah. of the house, the clothes, everything. It's like, so when you come into the design studio, it's like, you're that guy. Right. It's like, Well, it's really oh. interesting. I'm reading this book called uh, Blue Ocean Strategy. Oh, great book. Great book. And in there, they're talking about how when Ford came out with the Model T, it was this car that suddenly everybody could afford because it was so much cheaper than horse-drawn carriages. And it was just immediately like, wow, everybody could get this Model T. Then, but it, there weren't a lot of choices. It was pretty basic. And then GM came out, and they gave you a bunch of different colors and a bunch of different options. And that really revolutionized the way that things happen in the car industry, in the automobile industry, because all of a sudden people wanted options and they wanted choices. And so it's interesting that you use them as an example because – they were sort of the pioneers of that for the automobile industry. But they were also from that 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 story. They were the second one into the market. So they'd like Ford obliterated the right. the, the use of the the buggy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and then GM was able to step into and say, yeah, but the thing you missed, right? Exactly, was, was choice. Was yep. choice. Mm-hmm. But you, if you had started with choice, right, you couldn't start there. You couldn't start yeah. there. You had yeah. to come in after the fact. Mm-hmm. And now we're in an, a world where <laughs> mass. Customization, mass personalization. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can go design my shoe. Right. So I have a shoe that we we want to at one point be just like everyone yeah, else. Right. And at yeah. the same time, be completely different the than American, everyone else. Right. The American paradox that we we have all been convinced that we are we are uh, from our bootstraps. An individual uh, at any moment will be discovered to be the original, the the American original. And if we are all American originals, this will be great. But we can't all. You know, it's like the Lone Rangers. Yeah, exactly. Cannot be. So that's tough for a marketer. Yeah, that is. Yeah. How, how do you rec- how, how do you work with that reality? You just lie to them, right? <laughs> yeah, lie. When in doubt, just right, lie. Just lie. That's my pro- yeah, just trick them. Absolutely, hundred percent. Trick them into it. Yeah. I think that's that's where it goes back to the core values. Oh. Because it's sort of that checks and balances. I think of what uh, you know. How does this relate to who you are and why you're doing what you're doing? You have been doing this for your whole adult life, this focus on marketing and storytelling mm-hmm. and communication and, and managing opinions. Mm-hmm. Was there something that happened early that when you're like, ah, oh, that's what I want to do. I like, what attracted you to this? Actually, well, when I was at Berkeley studying, I really enjoyed journalism and I actually was planning to go to law school and be an attorney. And then my- really. Yeah, my uh, law journalism professor at Berkeley talked me out of it. <laughs> law, law journalism. It was, you know, they, he talked a lot. It was a law class in the graduate school of journalism and when I was an undergraduate there. But it um, sounds a bit confusing, I understand. 
That's all right. But he he really talked me out of it, and I it, that was sort of really my plan is that I was really gonna I really want to be a lawyer. And my mom always said you'd be a really good lawyer because you've got all, you're very good at like these specifics and being very succinct with your story and stuff. And I think it just sort of took another path. And so I really was always really into journalism and business. And then uh, I started in an internet startup um, right out of college and. I was doing a lot of business development and client relations, and that sort of molded into marketing and then kind of just went from there. And then bit by bit, I sort of weeded out the stuff I didn't enjoy about marketing and kept the stuff that I did. And and so now I feel phenomenally fortunate to absolutely love what I do. So that teacher, I'm going to go back to mm-hmm. the teacher. Mm-hmm. I th- we've had some really interesting revelations here on the show. Right. And where do we find that? Because it's interesting to me because I'm I'm at a stage where I'm mentoring a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm wondering is this the conversation that a podcaster right, right. is going to ask them about thirty <laughs> years from now and say I met this guy named Mark? Right. Uh, was it a single thing with the professor, or was it uh, their point of view over the that semester? It was their point of point of view over the semester and I really looked up to them and then I thought well maybe maybe there's further opportunities and maybe being an attorney would pigeonhole me in a way that I wasn't didn't really want and I'm pretty steadfast when I set my mind to something I'm pretty steadfast on doing it and those that know me well will tell you that but I I think that there was also it wasn't just that he talked me out of it and I had no willpower in the decision of course it was more he brought up a lot of a lot of points that I thought, you know, maybe that's a good point and I should think about those and maybe those really, you know, maybe he's, you know, has some hindsight clearly there that I'm that I'm missing. <laughs> so the the journal the so once you've you've figured out the story, you've figured out the core values, you've figured out all of these things, then the the way you express it and mm-hmm. implement it is that's a whole art in it of itself as well. It is, but it is absolutely, and I think that it's and it's a lot of. Um, I spend a lot of time writing and rewriting. Right. <laughs> Whether they're pages and pages or very short sentences, uh, a boilerplate for a trade show description or <laughs> or a you know executive director's speech, whatever it might be. But I think it you know I'm going to go back to it. Really starts with that story and those core values because that story and, and what you're doing and knowing your audience and that very specific person that you are, you know, coming up with who that person is very specifically and, and, and tailoring it to what you know, how you're really, how you're solving a problem for them. Instead of just giving them something that they don't need, how are you really solving a problem for them? And utilizing your story to sort of propel why you, uh, and, and, and then, you know, Focusing on the audience and knowing what you know about what problem they have and what you're solving for them, whether it's a nonprofit and you're looking out for their needs and you're being an advocate for their community, or it's a car and they need to get from point A to point B. You know, I mean, Tesla's done a fantastic job with that from an electric car standpoint. They have, haven't they? Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I I think that if Blue Oceans was being written again right now, that would be a probably a top top contender for <laughs> one of their examples because he's really taken, a, you know, an industry that's there and then just blown the electric out of the market. And it's extremely impressive. What let's can we for a minute, can I get your professional analyzation of Elon Musk? He is revered by the young tech community. He is the the young 
entrepreneurs that I bump mm-hmm. into, he is revered mm-hmm. at a level that is is in my opinion somebody who's not an engineer not a tech person it's disproportionate mm-hmm. to when i to, to when i see him present or when i see what his his ideas or what he's doing i don't have i i d- it does not i don't get the the story of like oh wow well, it's amazing. You know, I, I think with him it's very similar to me to richard branson okay the two of them are just branson visionary. impresses me right well they're visionaries and yeah. they're really visionaries in as much as they elon musk seems to say hmm you guys don't think this can be done. I do. Okay. I've got the cash to play with it. And I've got the imagination and desire to really find figure it out. Right. I mean, how many people do you know would launch a rocket, see it fail, and post that as an example? Right. Right. That's impressive, right? right? I mean, he's right. got I'll, I'll say a couple things. One, he's not willing to sh- he's not afraid to show that he's vulnerable. Right. And I think that's extremely important and to show his mistakes. And watching the, you know, the rocket fall <laughs> on the be- platform once it landed, did he I think it was brilliant. It was. I, mm-hmm. I agree. Did he start with PayPal? Yes. I don't know. He did. He yes. started with PayPal. So mm-hmm. that's that's the part that kind of maybe the, catches me is is I we had two uh, we had two engineers in here who are are in the final stages of the um, the Hyperloop, mm-hmm. um, and they are they are they're they're from the university and their final selection for their teams to figure out how to make his Hyperloop work. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they were just all the way in. Yeah, they were, they were mm-hmm. all the way in. And I think this guy invented PayPal, and now he's asking. But you, you know, the thing is, is I think that we need to also remember that we are really we're for the any young generation right now. If you think about the visionaries of different generations, uh, what others are there? Right, you've the, got the Mark Zuckerberg. Lash. Sure. Okay. Not very you've, visible. Not very good at making speeches. Well, not, and, he, not and, and people just really focus on Facebook, right? right? I mean, like, and it's just one sole thing. You've got Elon Musk. That's like. All of Tesla, all of electric cars. Yeah, while we're at it, we'll go to space. Yeah, let's see. And yeah, in the space meantime, let, right? I mean, right. I mean, ha- right. <laughs> and so what sort of, uh, I mean, there's a lot of amazing people doing amazing things, but with that sort of public view that people are able to really get behind, I think Elon Musk is someone out there that people are like, wow, I could get behind that guy. Well, and okay, so this goes back. Mark and I have this conversation all the time about young people who are looking to graduate high school uh, and become uh, successful and famous, but they don't have any, not for anything. They just want to become <laughs> successful and famous. Well, that's a whole other reality TV issue. Well, yes, it is. <laughs> right. But right. but so so this goes back to that point of like here they are idealizing Elon Musk, who is trying to make a right. better car, a right. better electricity, uh, a better you know battery, a better battery, mm-hmm. uh, and try to get us into space to, to do new things. And so yeah, it's 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 a very it's a it's an interesting paradigm of like we can either idealize Kim Kardashian right with, with very few. Um, you know, what, what, well, what's she doing? Or we could idealize sure. people like uh, uh, Marissa Meyer. Is that the head of yeah. Yahoo? Yeah. Yahoo, Yahoo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who 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 excel at skill sets, right? At doing things, right? And that's that kind of like uh, it's. But I, the story of Elon Musk is the thing to me that you know, as you keep saying story, I'm like, right. how did they, how did they take a guy who invented the the 21st century's cash register? And turn him into the visionary engineer of the future. Well, but also if you think about it, what would we do if we didn't have PayPal? I uh, mean, PayPal right. from a financial transaction perspective, from a world perspective. I right. mean, here in the U.S., it's pretty important. It's not nearly as as important as it is everywhere else in the world. In the way that you were able to transfer funds at rates that it has allowed multiple other businesses it, to be created. Since it's then. a universal translator. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it allows a commerce that I think otherwise potentially wouldn't exist. Mm. Or, you know, 
Well, then Apple Pay showed up, you know, there just you like go. GM. They came in later with uh, easy to make choice. <laughs> and then there's the ad that I love. I'm, I'll admit it right now. I'm a fan of Katz's Deli in New York City. Oh, who isn't? <laughs> Who's not a fan of Katz's Deli? And whenever I go to New York, we stop on the way out and I mule back pastrami sandwiches <laughs> there you go. in yeah. my suitcase. Yeah, um, yeah. But there's I'm, an ad that's in, the same, but from the, arts to my brother and Emery. There oh, you go. Yeah. <laughs> so the the um, there's an ad in heavy rotation right now where this guy walks into Cats, orders, you know, gets a pastrami. I'm like, oh, don't do this to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I gotta yeah, go. Yeah. Um, but then he walks over and he pays with uh, Google Pay. But sure. it's like, I said, oh, we can't do that. And he just holds it up to the machine. It just goes chink, chink. And you're like, okay, what kind of black magic was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're right. It has changed everything. Completely. I have a final question sure. for you. Who's your ideal client? Ooh. The one you I, just like, oh my God, I can't, this, like. Oh, you mean we, like a brand name? No, 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 no. Oh, oh, oh no, you no, just no. mean the type you know, of it's client. Like, it, we, we, depending on where we are in our business, we take mm-hmm. client because we have to or take client because mm-hmm. we want to and mm-hmm. we don't always get to choose. Right. But given a choice, you you have this ideal client. You're just like, you can't wait to work with you. I mean, mm-hmm. this is just, they're perfect in every regard. Probably a client that who has a who has a strong belief in their why and and a and a high level of passion, mm. and and a client that is doing something first and foremost doing something positive to improve this world, to just okay. leave it a little bit better. And and one that is ready to share their story and try things out and engage, and and strategize about you know, new techniques and ways to do it that they otherwise might not have thought of. It sounds like somebody who trusts you. Well, tr- I think trust the process more right, than... Right, believes them, what, that they've hired a good person. Well, but also believes that what they're doing has a, a, mm. a solid purpose mm-hmm. and, and has potential to really make uh, a big difference mm-hmm. and is willing to to really believe that instead of sticking to the... Oh no 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 no! I just need to do some internet marketing. That's not. I'm not. That's tax. You're. That's you're. A, you person. said several times you're a strategy person. Yeah. So that's just right. not. That's not gonna. You know, someone that's like, oh, I, I want to do some Google ads, or you know, that's not gonna be mm-hmm. my. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. We were very very fortunate to at TED meet the, the guy who was the president of Saatchi and Saatchi. Mm-hmm. And he fell in love with what we do mm-hmm. for a lot of strategic reasons. And, mm-hmm. and he went on to become the chief strategy officer of one of the top four advertising mm-hmm. agencies in the world and engaged us. And we, we actually got to work with him and spend oh, quite wonderful. a bit of time with him. When you work with someone who is a global strategist, right. where everything is seen through the lens of strategy, mm-hmm. it profoundly affects how you ask questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he invited me. Um, he gets he gets pulled in to help groups figure out what that strategy is. So much right. like what you do, which you love. <laughs> right. And uh, he will he will now that he lives in Los Angeles. He's formerly lived his whole life in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, will invite me to one of these. He says, and I said, wow, why am wonderful. I going? He said, a bunch of smart people around the table. What's not to like? Right. 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 And and, and then <laughs> I'll just, just to listen. And, and and they're in domains that I have no idea mm-hmm. what they want to do. But when you're around people, to your point, they have a strong belief in their why. They have a strong passion. They want to do something positive in the world. They're they're looking for new techniques to cut through the clutter, which mm-hmm. is really what 
what we try to help people do. Mm -hmm. And when there's a strong identification with the why and a strong connection, back to what you said earlier, mm -hmm. to the audience who needs what you have mm -hmm. and has a budget to pay for it. Right. <laughs> now you make a, you make a, you build a relationship, right. as you've also said. So kind of, I'm just bringing it all mm -hmm. back to mm -hmm. all these things. It's about connections, it's about relationships, it's about the why. Last question, do you, if people have not heard about Simon Sinek when you talk mm -hmm. about, do you, is that required watching? A majority of them, yeah. I make, I, I encourage them to read the book, but if nothing else, I make them watch the TED Talk. It's, it's 18 minutes, yeah. well, right. Yeah. I get to meet him. He is the most generous, wonderful yeah, man. Yeah, I, I would bet. And he is, he is so skilled. Um, do you know that every single nuance, every body motion, every word in that um, TEDx Puget Sound talk was scripted? Really? Yeah. He had a choreographer, is that what you're saying? Yeah, he choreographed. That's almost he a worked. bit disturbing to me. <laughs> well, but see, I thought it was a bit more genuine than that. No, but that's, but that's, no, but that's the point. Right, so right. That's exactly yeah. the mm -hmm. point because mm -hmm. it's this, like, number two or three oh, most watched very high. TED Talk. Right. But every, because he, he understood it. I mean, the whole thing of using a flip chart, it just feels so casual. Right. It's like Malcolm well, Gladwell. <laughs> right? No, right? No, exactly. But that's the point. Because right, right. he understood us. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. He understood know us. Know your audience. Yeah. Exactly. Malcolm Gladwell walked on the stage um, at a recent Arlington Theater thing. Mm -hmm. He says, as I was driving up here, I was thinking about, and I was like, oh. Wow, it just just occurred to him that he's going to speak for two hours in front of us, <laughs> and he's laying out this whole thesis. And I was like, "This is like we're hearing it in real time." Yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. He's he's a master storyteller. Right, and then I find right. out you can go on YouTube and you can see the same talk. Well, because he was thinking about the talk he was going to give yeah, on the drive up. Fair so, enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So at the at the end of of all of our, I mean, we've gone, we've burned through forty eight minutes. Yeah. Shaboom, like that. <laughs> and uh, our, our uh, frequent listeners uh, love this part of the show, which is where we get to um, put a bow on this, put a ribbon around it, mm -hmm. and give it a title. Okay. What, what would we call this conversation if one were looking at it on the interweb? Believe in your story. Oh, see? Nice when the PR see. person just throws the name out. <laughs> <laughs> we... Uh, <laughs> We more often than not have a, a few, some hemming and hawing, uh, a little bit. Are you sure you want me to do this? I don't know if I'm the right person to name this, but it's nice when the PR person just shows, no, this is why I do PR. I'm just happy to tell my own story. It's good work. That's, you're so right. The, no. You didn't even blink. No. no. Audience, that was well played. That's how you do that. That's how, that's that's how, how do it's that. done. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Thank where, you. where can thank people you so find you out there? You can find me uh, at my website, skyviewprojects.com, or on Twitter, Jordan Benshia, J-O-R-D-A-N-B-E-N-S-H-E-A, or on Instagram. And you're always leaking new stories of things, projects you're working on, yeah. so uh, yeah. that's great. Thank you for all the work you're doing. Um, oh, thank you you're really helping you people. This is such an important part, figuring this one out. So this was a valuable lesson for people uh, to listen to. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I also want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio, and Cielo24, who provides the searchable captions for our show. 
The 805 project is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. I want to thank them as well. If you'd like to learn more about what it means to be a partner with us, go to 805connect.com. It's everything is there. You can find out our why, actually. And uh, Patrick, how could our listener right now, this minute, help us with this show? I mean, they're, they're, they're jacked right now. They're trying to figure out their story. How could they help us? Well, number number one is always, of course, to give us some feedback, uh, write some comments for us, uh, give us some stars, let us know uh, if we're doing it right or doing it wrong. We always respond uh, to to getting feedback, uh, positive or negative. Uh, yep. we, we learn more from our failures than we do from our successes, for sure. Um, and then, uh, other than that, you know, give your moms a call because they miss you, and they're, they're thinking about you right now, and, and you should be thinking about them. And why not just make a call? Moms are listening and going, why isn't the phone ringing? <laughs> it should be ringing right now. You know, and, and I'm not your mom, but I'd love to hear from you as well. <laughs> so introduce yourself to me, mark at 805connect.com. Many of you write. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And, Patrick, we've got people in India, in Venezuela, in Aruba, uh, all over. We're in 52 countries as of last. Of course we are. Yes. Yeah. And so those of you who are listening from outside of the United States, send me a note. I'd love to hear yeah. Tell me how you heard about us and what's interesting to you. So until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.